Thank you for listening to another episode of Today on SNTR Presents. And today we're talking about expeditions in Outriders. If you're listening to this in any of the other locations where SNTR Presents hits as a podcast, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. That is where we do these live discussions, these polls, the back and forth. It's a really great show Monday through Friday. We'd love to see you show up to SNTRlive.com. And I asked the live audience today, I said, you know, I want to know what you think about Outriders Expeditions as a content loop. I believe the content loop is flawed, and I'm going to talk about that in my 10-minute segment, but I asked the audience, how would you rate Outriders Expeditions as a content loop? Great, fair, or bad? So, kind of like a, a, a good, middle, bad uh, structure here. And 650 some odd votes, and fair has the most. People in the middle, 62%. 62% of the vote is coming in saying they're fair. Uh, 20% bad and basically 20% great. So it's like a 60-40 split. 60% of the audience is saying fair and then the 40 the 40% remaining is sort of split down the middle between great and bad. And this actually surprised me. I thought that there was going to be a more of a stair step great to fair to bad, but it seems most of the audience is is landing on the fact that this, this is fair. This is sort of in in the middle. And I'm interested to read people's reasoning because I'm wondering if it's going to be similar to some of my reasoning as to why why I'm not necessarily ready to stamp these with like a really really high praise seal of approval as end game content because there's a lot of things about them that I I uh, I don't write. I don't like. Uh, first uh, response here from Cosmology. There's an addictive loop, but they pretty much force DPS build to be used. Uh, agreed. Outriders Expeditions really uh, currently sort of flatten out uh, build diversity. It, it, it's something that I think we're going to talk about. I think I'm going to do a video on the, the, the timer. Why the timer in Outriders uh, is a problem. It's it's sort of squashing build diversity. Uh, it's sort of leading to a, a, a corruption or a dilution of power fantasy. And it's unfortunate because it seems like they did a lot of great, you know, work and care and creativity went into the classes and the builds. And you look at those class trees, they're nuts. They truly are nuts. They're we, I remember when we saw the first screenshots of this game, we're like, wow, that is that is a very, very expansive uh, skill tree. And we thought, man, there's going to be a lot of depth there. And unfortunately, some of their endgame design decisions have, have, have taken that, that, that depth and that diversity and really squashed it down. Um, and I, 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 I want to address that in a separate video because I do think it's a significant topic, but the expeditions are a part of that, right? The timer is sort of inherent and intrinsic to the way that the expeditions have been designed. And that is driving everybody to go for DPS efficiency and speed. And so people are like, well, you can do this or you can do that and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but that's not really what you need right now. You know, it's, it's like being told you got to paint a room red and someone's like, but there's these other colors you can get. You can kind of mix them and it'll be a little bit of a different shade of red. And it's like, no, I can literally just go buy a bucket of red paint and paint the room red. It's very, uh, very, very easy uh, to do. And there's a very similar requirement being asked here of the player. And it's, it's very easy for some of the classes, especially to just get there and they don't need to do any of the other builds, legendaries, armor, none of it. Like it's very, very narrow. 
Um, and it's a bummer to see. It's a bummer to see. I don't know if they're going to be able to completely rework that end game structure before you know the the, the player base kind of moves on in about a month or so. Um, so. McRich with a response to the poll says for a loop that can be done with a team or solo and still achieve the same goal it's amazing feat uh, and people underestimate how difficult this is well the way they've structured Outriders Expeditions is they've they they give you I think a pretty good spectrum of control of like if you need to back it down if you need to boost it up a lot of people are saying around challenge tier 10 is a good time to just start grinding challenge tier 10 and just get a lot of uh, currency to invest and make yourself stronger that seems to be one of the going strategies right now uh, so Outriders Expeditions definitely become a challenge they, they do they're not necessarily built to just be breezed through now I, I I have a similar experience with the challenge tiers that I did with the world tiers the challenge tiers kind of just keep ticking up for me on their own and then all of a sudden I hit a wall wham it's like no you're not strong enough you are not strong enough to get on this ride right and because of that I think a lot of folks are going to fall to the same trap that I fell to in the campaign. We're not necessarily going to understand why the pacing just kind of betrayed us. And I know everyone's like, you can turn that off, you can back it down. That has nothing to do with what I just said. One of the main issues I had with that is that Auto World Tier was on by default, and it felt perfectly natural for World Tiers like 5, 6. You get beyond 5 and 6... And then all of a sudden, it's like, what? I don't understand. What? What? What is this? Why? Why am I suddenly too weak? The pacing comes to a screeching halt. Now, there's nothing wrong with that if the player has been sort of educated about how to meet those pain points, how how inexpensive it is to shift mods around or to change things to make yourself stronger. So I had that experience during the campaign. Very, very similar thing happens in the in the challenge tier if it's on automatic like if you're beating a challenge tier and you unlock the next one unlock the next one unlock the next one it just keeps tick 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 it just ticks you up in challenge tier and all of a sudden you get past challenge tier 8 or 9 and you hit that wall again this is another area of the game I, I don't fault them for doing this it's not wrong or bad to have like that cliff jut up and then be like, oh man, to climb this, I'm going to have to spend some time grinding. Nothing wrong with that. They spend zero time explaining why it's happening. Why are you suddenly too weak to keep up? I don't know. I'm getting gear and I'm using it. I'm equipping it. I'm moving things around. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm fighting enemies that are two or three levels above me and I'm using gear that they're dropping. I don't get this, right? They don't necessarily take the time to explain it. Now, obviously, I have a live audience that can be like, raise your attributes, Lono, level the gear, it's worth it. Wear a lot of blues, it's cheaper to level them and and do things with them. Well, that's great, but there's nothing in the game that necessarily communicates that to me. It's just like, hey, I'm cruising along. This is really fun. I'm beating the challenge tiers. I'm moving up in difficulty. And then all of a sudden, boom, I hit a wall and I don't understand why I'm hitting a wall. The same thing happened with the world tiers. Cool. Bing. Leveled. Bing. World tier. Bing. 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 You're seeing those on-screen prompts. And you're like, dope, 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 dope. Wham! You hit a wall. And 
again, there's nothing wrong with having that lull in the progress where you need to grind a little bit, level a little bit, whatever. It's the systems are very convoluted and unfamiliar. I've never played a game where I'm supposed to invest in loot that I know in an hour I'm going to throw over my shoulder. That kind of happened in the campaign. It's like, I'm literally going to get rid of this loot fairly quickly, but I'm supposed to invest in it and mod it? Like, what? And then the challenge to your wall feels very similar. It's like, wait, this stuff was fine. Using the new loot, using this loot was fine, and now all of a sudden it's not. Now all of a sudden I gotta, like, do a currency grind where... I sell the blues, I break down the purples, so I get this currency, I'm going to sell, I'm going to I'm going to you know, fly through my scrap for titanium and I'm going to use that to do this, to level that. It 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 doesn't seem to be like a, a sensible sort of logical way of of moving through. It honestly feels kind of weird to be selling blues for scrap then you use the scrap for titanium then you break down purples for titanium then you use the titanium to level your it's i'm going to address this a little bit more in the 10 minute talk but you're kind of getting a glimpse into one of the reasons why i think some of this is a little backwards it's not necessarily bad once you understand it but it once again is falling on this you've got to go and read and research and discover just to have a basic understanding of what in the world's going on. It reminds me of Anthem not explaining the combo system to people and being like, well, it's explained in a tutorial menu. And you're like, I got to go eight pages deep to figure this out. Why is it not put in front of me? Why is it not? Why is there not some sort of a very basic tutorial that shows me how this works and how this flows? Progression is not linear. It's geometric. It feels like power doubles every two levels. Yeah, there, there, there are those. Yeah, there's those lulls and those valleys where all of a sudden you feel weak, and then all of a sudden you're back on the horse again, and then you go up again in a challenge tier, and all of a sudden you get knocked back down a peg. Um, so it's, it's again. I don't necessarily think that the the system itself is bad. I think there's a level of convolutedness to it, and since it goes unexplained, and if you're unfamiliar with it, it's sort of like. I don't understand why on earth would I do that. I've never done that in another game like this. So. Zubair commented on the poll and said, I'm not really qualified to answer, but I wanted to participate. I've only played two and they were rough for me. I'll know better when I'm stronger. Sounds good. Uh, The Seven Dova says, seems like something that will keep me in the game. Um... One of the things about Outriders Expeditions that is so, so good is the loot. Uh, the loot is plentiful. They they, I mean, they they drop the loot on you. And that is what I think works. There are elements to Outriders Expeditions that very naturally, I think, hook people. Because, like, dude, this is so easy to get into. This is very, very easy. And... The, the, why? Well, because you're getting you're getting loot constantly. You're getting loot constantly. That I think is very very strong part of what's hooking people on this game. I mean, you get to the end and all that loot comes pouring out, bing, 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 and you see it at the end screen just choo 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 choo, just like stacking on top of itself. I'm telling you that that that, that makes me want to play. It really really does. Unfortunately, there seem to be a lot of hurdles, a lot of technical problems, a lot of lag, a lot of glitches, a lot of bugs, you know, a lot of complex, not complex, convoluted, unexplained systems that make it 
difficult to step in and ease into these systems once you get it and it clicks i think that's when people become like a true fan and for some people that's probably one of the reasons they like it they feel like they figured it out they feel like they kind of solved it or came up with what they feel like is a rewarding and a good grind and maybe that creates a a stronger sense of loyalty and commitment uh and and like not an addiction but like the game gets its hooks in them and it's it's possible that it's a stronger hook because they kind of felt like they discovered it so it might be like this on purpose you know maybe by design they want you to feel that sense of ownership because you came up with what you think um is like a good is a good grind the gearing system is similar to some MMORPGs. Big example, Star Wars The Old Republic. Almost every piece of gear is moddable, and you could switch the mods out when you got new and more powerful mods as you go. I use Now I use universal armor that I can go from level 1 to 70 and just change the mods as I go. Right. It's very much seems like a looter built by an inexperienced dev. Well, or they're, they're trying to do and borrow systems uh, from... You know they're trying to they're trying to use systems or ideas from other games that that have potential, but at the same time, that 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 potential has to kind of come from and be built upon experience. Like they have to kind of know how to build a game like that. And I worry that they did things and they 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 decided to build things and structure things in a way that this game just doesn't feel like it, it was it was fundamentally built for. When I look at those class trees and I look at the build options and the number of mods in this game, I can't help but feel how much of it's just complete and utter throwaway. It's like none of this matters. Every every character seems to have like one, maybe two builds that are that are the primo, and then everything else is just like completely superfluous. Um, it you know there was a clip that eugene put in the discord last night i was like you only need one gun in this game this is what the guy said in the video yeah you only need one gun he's like unless you're and then it was funny because he said unless you're a devastator and you need like three guns and the perfect build and legendaries and all this other stuff um (laughs) i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty funny um so and some of this is related to the conversation about the timer some of this is related you know to the conversation about the fact that you you need speed and DPS and that really flattens out choice that really flattens out diversity because if that's all that matters there are certain things you're just never going to look into you just nah why am I going to do that this is all about speed this is all about DPS that perk that build that 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 mod that weapon that whatever if it's not geared towards speed and damage then I'm not going to use it so they kind of, it's, it's weird. This is exactly what Division 1 did in its vanilla state. If you remember Division 1 in its vanilla state, you spent all this time leveling up the precinct, leveling up your tech, getting all these abilities. And then when you got to the end game of Division, there was like one build that mattered. Everybody stacked healing, uh, little, the little healing stations and just kind of hid behind walls and slowly chiseled the enemies down. It was like, it was almost like the end game betrayed the the diversity and the builds and the ideas that they had they had all these great ideas all this cool tech all these cool things and then the end game struts in the room and betrays all of it and it's like yeah none of that crap matters none of that crap matters that ability trash that ability too weak that ability doesn't scale at all all that matters is this 
it really reminds me of Division 1 vanilla um, because the end game just squashed everything you had been enjoying I remember through the campaign of Div 1 and Div 2 being like this ability is cool, that ability is cool and the closer I got to the end of the game and the harder the game got, the more I was like this ability sucks, that ability doesn't do anything, this thing's too weak we gotta spec into tech and spec into cooldown again, if something's trash before 20 hours of grinding am I really gonna be motivated to, to, to make it better? Imagine in a game, I hand you a sword. And I'm like, this sword is really, really bad right now at level, you know, the end game's level 20. And this sword is garbage. But if you play for 20 hours and get all the right gems and get all the right things, you can make this sword great. I'm going to be like, but why would I want to do that? I, I, I have to suffer through a piece of garbage weapon just to make it good. I'm going to put the sword down. That axe over there does a better job. And I'm just going to use the axe. But but remember, Lona, if you use the sword, I don't care. I want the journey to be enjoyable. I don't want the journey to feel like I'm dragging my face across sandpaper just to get to the bottle of lotion. It's like, well, your face will feel better once you have the lotion. Okay, but you're making me drag my face across sandpaper. I don't want to do that. Like, that's unappealing. And I, I worry that some of the, especially Devastator, is in that camp of, it'll be good if you spend a disproportionate amount of hours leveling them up and getting all the right pieces and all the right gear, and then it's worth using. Man, I'll just get this other, I'll just get this other one, man. Instead, I'll use this other class, other ability, other weapon. And that's going to happen in a DPS timed in endgame. The end game is betraying all the build diversity. The end game is betraying all the classes, all the guns, all of the power fantasy. The end game is saying these are the only two things that matter. Speed and damage. That's it. That's that's it. Nothing else matters. Division 2 had this problem. Tank builds were hard to do and were just outclassed by the vampire cannon builds. Right. People using the top three weapons in the game is a problem in every looter shooter. It is. It is. This is one of the reasons I said right now as it stands, I really, really like the, um, I really, really like, um, the build for, um, the Devastator. I love the build for the Devastator that feels very power fantasy driven. I love it. I think it's good. I think it does exactly what I want it to do. It's, it's, I feel power fantasy. I I feel strong. Uh, I, I feel I feel good I feel really really good but I get to a place where he feels weak and I'm like ah, the power fantasy just died you know the power fantasy just completely died his power fantasy to me is more interesting than just buffing a bunch of weapons but then he gets into the harder challenge tiers and people are like well you kind of need X, Y, and Z you kind of need da, 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 da. And I'm like ah you know I feel like they wanted all classes to have the Devastator progress arc. Yeah, we debated that a little bit earlier this morning. Did they want all of the classes to have the slower progress of power arc? And unfortunately, the other classes are getting to sort of jump in line and get to the I can do lots of damage threshold way too early. 
I think you know what I'm saying? It's like maybe they wanted all the classes to take this long. If you get the right pieces, if you get the right gear, you're gonna be a god. And the technos are like, what are you talking about? I already am. <laughs> you know. Techno and the trickster are like, I don't need to do all that. I already am really strong. I mean, eventually I will do that, and then I'll be even stronger, you know. It, it's possible that in their mind, Devastator's slow burn grind arc was supposed to be sort of how they all ended up working, but it's just not playing out that way. It just, it, it seems as if these other three classes are just getting to absolutely kind of... Now, people are saying that the pyro feels the most balanced. It It's not terrible, but it's not overpowered. You kind of have to slowly work your way up into being really, really strong. Um, and that, like, Techno and Trickster kind of get to cheat. They kind of get to jump ahead uh, with their with the Blighted and the Twisted rounds. So, yeah. Uh, next remark on the poll is from Brent Habley. Uh, fair so far still working my way through the campaign gotta be close but I have seen the loot explosion and I'm looking forward to it Um, this is exactly what makes expeditions I think at least do well for now Uh, loot generosity 100% is on point the loot generosity is on point now legendary seem a little dry at the upper tiers and maybe they can look at that because especially if you're meant to use the legendaries to get tier threes to really crack you know round out your build they may want to look at that i i I don't know you don't want to be too easy but you also don't want to be like dude i'm never going to get what i need the drop rate's too low you know uh the dev could be captain america trying to lift thor's hammer and ultron worthy but not yet i mean i i just i just don't think he has the he just doesn't seem to have the mid, the mid-game tools to be in, enjoyable, you know. Add a death counter instead of a timer with the option to revive. There are other things we've talked about with respect to like grading performance that might help um, steer people away. But the I think the challenge is always going to be. The challenge is always going to be. How do you how do you completely rework the end game to 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 not totally feel like people have been blindsided? Um, you know, you don't want people feeling like, man, I I put all this time into this build and all this strategy, uh, and it it it's been completely subverted and changed. Unfortunately, I, I I think they've gone so far down the road of this design choice with expeditions and with the classes that have bullet abilities, they can't walk all that back. It's just it, it's there's too much that's already been built and established. I don't I don't think they can do that. I don't think that that would work very well. I, it, it, the player base would number one if you if you completely decimate some of the builds that people are using right now the nerfs were already pretty unpopular even though they didn't really do that much they did not obliterate um some of those strong builds are still well well in the top tier of damage performance they still are they they did not they did not fall down they're they're still top they're still top top tier right still top tier but you do it again mm, that's I don't know that, I don't think that's going to go over very well if you do it again people are going to be like dude you got to be friggin' kidding me you already nerfed them once can't nerf them again you're going to have to try to drag dev up as opposed to pulling the others down 
because one of the main reasons that I that I think this, one of the main reasons that I think this is is very very simple. It's all about perception. It's not about reality. It's not about you know, is it truly going to be a destroyed build or destroyed abilities? It's not about that. It's the reality could be they're still totally fine. We can see that right now with the first round of nerfs. The first round of nerfs, everyone gets ticked. Everyone's very angry. Everyone's complaining. But then after the weekend is up, everyone's like, oh, these builds are still fine. They're still insanely strong. They still get the job done. They're still outclassing. They're still outperforming. Other builds, other abilities, other sources of damage are still getting completely sidelined as a way of comparison. So... If they do it again, I just I think it'll be a massive morale killer for anybody who's invested time into those classes. So they're going to have to do something to make This is what I think they, they need to focus on. I don't think you need to get rid of the required grind for a devastator to be strong and fun and worth playing. You don't need to get rid of that. You need to shrink that window a little bit. I should be able to if, if I got a grind challenge tier 10 and 11 and hunt for really good pieces and level things up in order to be end game viable, that window just needs to be a little bit shorter. And if I'm a little bit stronger and a little bit more efficient for that grind, I don't think you're ruining anything. I really, really don't. Here's my pushback on the people that are like, well, Devastator's fine. You just have to put in like 60 to 80 hours to get all the right pieces in tier 3 and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Okay. If you think that's totally fine and that's how the game should be played, then there's three out of four classes that didn't have to do that. They did not have to put that time in to be endgame viable, strong, and worthy of high DPS numbers for efficient and fast expedition runs. Right? Like, you if, if you claim that this is ideal or good or totally fine, then the challenge that you're going to run into is that the the other classes are essentially wrong then they're not fitting into that mold they're on the complete other end of the spectrum and they're not even done yet by the way most people i would wager to guess have not gotten the tip of the pyramid tier three amazing completely specked out techno and trickster builds i'm sure there's a couple but i guarantee you most of the player base isn't there yet either it just takes a long time to get everything and they have a distinct advantage into getting those things because they can run the hardest content faster than you so their turnover of loot's going to be not just faster, but more efficient. You know? It's just going to be more efficient. And that's a problem for the for the devs. JK, at first I was shredding through them and not really feeling the time limit. Now, uh, the pressure to complete certain maps I used to be good at is, is doing in my anxiety. The challenge tiers go up and really, really change things. Um... It, it, it completely changes the way they feel. Uh, it it changes the flow a lot. Um, Outriders Expeditions uh, challenge tiers changes the flow a lot. It's 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 not it doesn't feel the same as when you first ran through it a couple of times. They a lot of the times when they play a, you know a game like this. A lot of times when I play a game like this, there is. There are, there are elements to it that, like, you know, you're like, ooh, this is going to be very different when the enemies are stronger and they're, and they're hitting harder.
And I think the areas that stand out the most to me in the expeditions are the stand your ground areas where you got to like stand in a circle and enemies are kind of coming from all angles. Um, And that I think it's crazy when they're hitting hard and they're tanky because you don't have a whole lot of space. You don't have a whole lot of places to go, you know. I still had to put more time into my techno than I did for my dev to be at CT15. I can do CT15 solo on my dev more reliably. Yeah, but I feel like your build is kind of a, as Demetrius is saying, is a little bit of a unicorn. It it seems to me that you're you're in another category because you got you have so many legendaries as as part of your build. I don't know. That feels RNG based. RNG is certainly going to play a role here. If you're having a hard time getting the right drops or the right things on one character and another character is 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 having an easier time, then I feel like isn't that isn't gonna, isn't that going to play a role in the timing factor? Now that doesn't mean that it's always going to be that way or it's never going to be that way. You just got lucky. There are certainly players that are going to be like, dude, my devastator is fine. And when you ask them why, they're going to be like, well, I got. They're going to list off all these legendaries and be like, yeah, my legend, my, my devastator's fine. It's like, well, of course it's fine. You got all the greatest drops. You got all the right things at the right time. It's like, it was like that debate with leveling and destiny. Remember all those debates? People are like, oh, I don't think it's that bad. And it's like, well, what's your level? And they would tell you their level. And they're like, well, yeah, you must have gotten really, really good drops. Like everything hit. You needed boots and you got it boots. You needed helmet and you got a helmet. Like, you know, RNG is going to play a huge factor. Content loop's okay, but they need to fix the time aspect. Add some other objectives, horde modes, survival missions, uh, elite monster hunts. Have protect missions where monsters or insurgents attack. They could certainly do a lot with the end game of this and 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 rework some of it. Um, they they you know, they could certainly do that. I don't know if they're going to completely rework it though. I think their plan for end game is structured around launching more expeditions. You know, I could see in nine or ten months them launching like an expedition suite and do the seasonal thing they do in Diablo. Um, it's it's a uh, you know it's it's unfor- it's unfortunate that they they seem to have bought in so hard on the expeditions need to be run quickly element. Um, and maybe our feedback and maybe some of the snags that they're running into can influence whatever they build in the future. So I, I, I think they have good ideas and good set pieces. I think everything's been put together a little, uh, sloppily is what I would say. It would be like, have you ever walked through like a home Depot or one of those places where, there's like a demo of a, of a shower and then there's like a demo of a kitchen and then there's a demo of a of a, of a, of a living room and you know Ikea is kind of like that right you're walking through and there's all these sort of propped up fake rooms to make it seem like oh I could see this bed in our home now you would never look at that and say oh this is great we should design our home just like this why? well because because of the nature of the building and the structure, everything's kind of sloppily slapped together. You would never want your kitchen attached to your to your bathroom, right? Man, we're frying up some chicken. You need anything over there? And your buddy's sitting on the toilet. Like, that would be so bad. It'd be so sloppily put together. You would never want that. That's kind of how Outriders feels to me. It's like, this is a good set piece. 
this is a good set piece this is a good set piece none of this has been put together very well it's all kind of sloppily connected we, we joked about the fast travel earlier that's one of the elements that bothers me it's like I have to do so many things that aren't gameplay just to get to gameplay why I'll tell you why some of the nature of this game and we're going to talk about this in a moment with my 10 minute video I think a lot of it is that this game is built from the bottom to the top. It's baked into the crust. It was built for old consoles. They had to hide so many loading screens. They had to hide so many like links in the chain. It, 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 that's why when you play it on your PC or your, your newer console, you're like, what the frick? Just take me to the place. Like All those links in the chain are there to ease the, the processing and, and required power of the old consoles. That's what it feels like to me is that this is like old gen game that they're that they got sort of like they're tripping on the new tech. It's like uh, we got like eight loading screens in between everything. Cutscenes are at 30 FPS. Now there's tearing in the cutscenes on the Series X. There's tearing on the Xbox Series X when I'm at the when I'm at the end camp. Why is there tearing? What is this? It, it, It was I don't think it was built for higher frame rates, higher fidelity, higher textures, none of that. That's why cutscenes look weird and the camera glitches and their faces look funky sometimes. I don't think it was built. I don't think it was built for the new gen tech. And that is one of the reasons why, and I want to get into it, I want to talk about why I think Outriders Expeditions is a flawed content loop. So if you're listening to this elsewhere, you can always catch me at sntrlive.com. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of Outriders Expeditions. Going to talk about why I think it's kind of a flawed content loop. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, watching on my other YouTube channel, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com. SNTRlive.com is a great place to catch these live streams, the back and forth, the polls, and the, the, the content. Every day of the week, we're trying to cover something different Monday through Friday. A lot of Outriders content right now. There's actually not much else going on in gaming news anyway. So Outriders Expeditions are essentially the end game content loop of Outriders. So if you haven't played it yet, they outline this in a video, you know, that we watched before the game came out. And I have played through all the way up to Challenge Tier 15. We'll be doing Challenge Tier 15 this afternoon. I'll probably be getting carried through again because I'm a devastator and I don't have really any good pieces for a strong build. I kind of um, ran out of power. I don't feel very strong. As soon as I got past like challenge tier ten, that's when you kind of have to do the the grind and the and the and the investment. Specifically on a devastator, some of the other classes can kind of glide over some of this grind because they have some intrinsic power that the devastator doesn't have. So I did slow me down a little bit, and I was playing with people that were a little bit more kitted than me, and we were able to get up there to the challenge tier fifteen, and. Overall, I, I, I can see why this game has good player base numbers. I can see why people like Expeditions. But I do think there's elements to Expeditions and the game as it stands that's very flawed and, and very sort of truncated. So Outriders launched without any planned live service features and People Can Fly made it very clear they wanted this game to be a complete package at launch. They wanted it to be a complete product. When they outlined the post-campaign content with Expeditions, Challenge Tiers, and then the of the storm many were very hopeful about a robust and complete endgame 
In the week since launch, however, many design flaws, problems, bugs, and performance issues have made the endgame content fall flat for some players. Me specifically, I have found it to fall a little bit flat. Uh, Recently, nerfs to class bullet abilities are attempting to rectify some ground-level imbalances within the Outriders classes. And just yesterday, we discussed the Devastator, and now I want to review Expeditions as an actual content piece and a content loop. So let's just start by saying, just let me play. The first and most primary frustration barrier to playing this game is the halting number of steps between me and a group seamlessly jumping into an expedition and cranking through the combat. Matchmaking is slow, players drop and disconnect, or they just completely lag out and you get stuck and they're they're taking up a spot on your team. And the number of steps between fast travel, getting there, and the numerous loading screens, I think is a massive buzzkill and a huge immersion breaker. I, I said before I recorded this segment, I think so much of this game was built around old gen tech. They're hiding cutscenes a lot of the times. Everything's sort of taking a long time because this was a essentially built for older consoles that can't load all of the areas at once or even load the enemies at once. So much of the game feels bottlenecked by foundational design decisions that were based on the old consoles. All the cutscenes feel like loading screens in disguise, and for what? Like, why are you doing cutscenes in the middle of the expedition? What for? Some of them are skippable, some of them are not. You literally do a cutscene for a boss spawning. Okay, on my second or third time, do I really need to see that? No. I entered a new room. It's no bigger than the last room. Why do I need a cutscene for that? I constantly feel like the game makes me do things that are not gameplay just to get to the gameplay. I've already kind of criticized some of the fast travel decisions. It doesn't seem seamless. It doesn't seem thought through just to go from one place to another. If you're doing the monster hunts grind, which is fun, the manhunt grind, which is also fun, guaranteed legendary, keep resetting it. I really like that content loop. But the fast travel hurdles and screens and loading, especially when you're playing with other players, is a massive, massive buzzkill. Add all of that into this, you have a fun yet slow and tedious method of min-maxing while you're moving up in the challenge tiers. So every time you unlock a new tier, you're going to want to consider pushing gear and power higher, which means in between runs, you and your buddies are combing over your gear. And if you don't, you're going to quickly find yourself falling behind. Now, this is not a problem. This is totally fine. However, this would be more enjoyable if you didn't have all these other things that I'm talking about. It takes so long. I spend so much time just getting into an expedition with a couple of people from the stream. They literally have my join code. They're on newer systems. They got SSD drives. And it still takes what feels like just an eternity to get to gameplay. And that's my first and primary problem with expeditions is just let me play i just want to grind i just want to get stuff done especially considering you're trying to get the currency you're trying to beat them fast for the rewards you're trying to get your power structure up right second thing i want to talk about convoluted systems the methods for making your gear better and more powerful are some of the best aspects of Outriders. I really mean that. I, I really, really like how much freedom and agency they give you as a player in this game. It's it's some of the things that deserve the most praise. But so much of it feels incredibly foreign and strange. I'm often finding myself burning through currency to make blues stronger because the cost of purples is too high. And I like this, but it was somewhat backwards and counterintuitive to figure out. It seemed really odd. It's 
like, well, I'm better off taking this blue that has good anomaly power, switch the mod to what I want, and then level it up or or raise its attributes because it's cheaper to do that. Not necessarily for the attributes, but it's cheaper to level it up. And I'm going to do this so that I can essentially grind for purples. Now, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that, but it's not really explained. It's Again, it's very counterintuitive to hit a certain threshold of difficulty and you're suddenly supposed to be sinking resources into blues or purples depending but again sinking resources into into gear that feels transient and sort of meaningless playing a game where you're investing time and currency into gear that you know you're going to be shredding a day or two later or an hour or two later just feels very as i said counterintuitive now, what this means is you need to sell blues and break down purples in order to have currency to quickly dump back into gear that suits your current build. And it feels satisfying when you're doing it. It's like, okay, this is pretty satisfying, even if it's very transient. You know this gear is not really gear you're going to be sticking with or using long term. It's a means to an end, which again, it's not explained. So once you discover it, it's good. But if it's if it's eluding you and you don't really understand why you're not quite strong enough, you don't have a live chat telling you, level your gear, raise the attributes, that'll make you feel stronger. Now, that really wasn't landing on my Power Fantasy journey as a Devastator. I was doing everything chat was saying, and I still felt very, very weak. It was like, well, you got to spend more time. And it's like, okay, nobody else is doing that. I guess Devastator just to live at Challenge Tier 10 to just currency grind till he's blue in the face. Now, this was satisfying once it was explained and it kind of clicked, but again, it feels odd and a bit strange to burn through so much currency and spend so much time in this valley where I'm not strong enough to go up and this system of like leveling and currency grind, again, it doesn't seem to be sensible and fluid. You get to challenge tier 9 or 10 and you're going you're gonna to really get feel like the brakes get slammed on like, unless you're one of the guys that are just inherently stronger like a trickster or a techno with respect to damage output. Now, my advice to anyone at this stage is do not fall victim to what I call currency paralysis. I fall victim to this in so many games. I clutch all my currencies and I never ultimately use them because I'm like, oh, I'm going to need these later, right? I'm going to need these later. No, crank through, level up the pieces and the attributes that are helping you. It's worth it. And your currency is quickly replaced, okay? So don't fall victim to currency paralysis. You really, if you're in these challenge tiers, you need to accept that you're going to burn through currency and gear pretty quickly in order to feel strong. And don't be afraid of like, reading or looking at a couple of you know build guides on how to handle your character once you get to around challenge tier 9 or 10 lastly why is this frustrating let's talk about that the main reason that all of this is frustrating the systems the hurdles the problems the bugs the lag the drops it's frustrating is that the content loop is everything that you want in a looter shooter it's right it's it's everything it's everything that they want, right? It's rewarding. It's generous. The, the combat is very satisfying. The stronger you get, it's like, oh, this is good. It's directly linked to the currency and, and the loot that you're earning. It's what we want. It's what we want in a looter. That's why these things are frustrating. More and more, my concern for Outriders is not like, oh, they don't have good ideas. They have solid scaffolding. They have good ideas. My concern is player fatigue. It's player fatigue. It feels like so much has be, has has to be overlooked, so much has to be tolerated. You got to learn the hard way. 
just to play a few expeditions over the course of a two-hour play session. I feel like that's going to burn people out. They're going to hit that fatigue of, I'm sick of the lag. I'm sick of the drops. I'm sick of these all these scenes and cutscenes. Right? Player fatigue is my primary concern here. As I've said before, the player base numbers continue to impress me, but the long-term worry would be that once the fatigue hits, the memory of the game will be overshadowed by technical hang-ups or cumbersome design decisions rather than a satisfying content loop. Like, that's what people are going to remember. They're going to remember all this stuff, and they're not going to remember that this was a really, really good content loop with a lot of loot and a very rewarding experience. So, if you ever want to catch these live, always remember, sntrlive.com.